0: hello beautiful souls and welcome or welcome back to the thoughts that manifest podcast i'm al and i am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Courtney and I are back here today. It's been a hot minute. We've been away, but we are excited to get back into things. How are you today, Courtney? I'm good. Good. It is hot as usual. How hot is it over in Texas right now? Like hundred and something I saw.
1: It is. Oh, it's only
0: 97.
1: Only 97.
0: It's only 97. We've been having some crazy storms up here in New England, like, constantly.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I talked to a friend yesterday on the phone, and they were saying they were storming a bunch.
0: It was wild. I, I'm i just, like, I've never seen a summer with this many storms up here in a while, to be honest.
1: Honestly, it's good, because we're in a Category 3 drought. It's true. I love apparently, how you know
0: that. I had no idea about
1: that. Apparently Lake George is the lowest it's been since like a Category 4 um, drought in like
0: 2011.
1: Wow. We yeah, bring well, on the rain. I
0: feel like all it's been doing is raining. But we are going to be diving into some thought-provoking questions today that will kind of get us talking about our different opinions and perspectives on different topics and issues and things like that so that is what we have planned today so if you guys are ready we're gonna just jump into it Cordy do you want me to pick the first question out of the bunch or do you want to do it
1: Ooh, um maybe I should do it because I never do I'm looking really quick to see, like, which one I really want. Okay, I like this one, I guess. Do you believe in the concept of karma or the idea that our actions have consequences in this life or beyond? Ooh, thought-provoking.
0: So, let's see. So, in my opinion, I personally do believe that our actions have consequences, and So I have a very interesting take on like spirituality and life and how life works and nobody knows if it's true or not, right? Like nobody really knows what happens when you die. Nobody knows if you come back or whatever, but I do believe that we are here to learn lessons and like some of the biggest ways we learn lessons is through our actions and our choices and you know sometimes i feel like we ch- like i personally feel like we choose what lessons we want to learn and then when we come down here it's like a soul co- a soul contract so to speak and then when you're here on earth your life kind of plays out according to the lessons you're meant to learn and i feel like if you do something that is you know wrong or you have like soul contracts with people pretty so let's say for example I'll use a relationship with my dad, for example, right? We are born into this life and we kind of struggled with our relationship. And in my opinion, I also really struggled with family growing up in general. So I feel like I have a karmic contract tied into my family where I was meant to learn lessons through this strained connection that I have with my family. And this connection, this karma can stem back to many, many different lifetimes, And as you're working through the lessons, each lifetime, you develop more, you evolve essentially, and eventually you heal the contract and you break the contract and you no longer have that karma, if that makes sense.
1: Do you believe in like simple karma? Like if you find someone's wallet and you don't return it and you keep, or you return it, but you took the money inside of it. Or if you are in traffic and you have plenty of time and you could let someone else go. Do you think that those things qualify? Because I do.
0: Yeah, no, I could totally see that in some type of way. And, you know, and like I said, that's why when people do something wrong to me or if somebody like hurts me in a certain way, I no longer lead with the mentality of like, I need to seek revenge on them or anything like that, because I know that the universe is going to take care of whatever it is they need to learn from, you know, treating somebody badly or doing something that was like injustice
1: yeah because there's like I feel like there's instances where like you don't notice it in the time and like in that moment but you think like oh like so and so is like such a terrible person like they take advantage of everyone they like take money from everyone they take handouts they get whatever they want like it's so easy and then you like come to find out like maybe their marriage is falling apart, or their kids actually hate them, and you're just like, "Oh, your life is actually not what I thought it was." And the fact that you basically treat everyone, use and abuse everyone around you is like karmically coming back to you because, and and it like manifests in these other ways in someone's life. Yeah, no, exactly, and and I do
0: believe that. If you don't get the karma in this lifetime, I do believe you may get it in your next lifetime. And again, that's because I believe in many lifetimes. So, but I know that also can be like touchy, right? Because then people are like, well, what the hell? Like, So somebody who is born into like a terrible family, has no family, has no friends, is treated poorly, like blah, blah, blah. Is that like some sort of karma from like previous life? lifetimes? Blah, blah, blah. And again, like I guess karma can be such a strong word. I, I guess I think of it as like lessons that we're learning and like growing through.
1: Mm, that's a good way to think about
0: it. I always think of like earth as a school, you know, it's like <laughs> because you
1: can for long learn life lessons, life lessons. Yeah. Cause for a long time, I felt like it sounds silly, but like, I, I guess I was a kid. I thought of karma as like this, like almost like this invisible force that's supposed to like keep the balance of justice in the <laughs> when like you can't get justice in the real world it's like the universe getting its own justice yeah i guess you could That's... still think about it that way
0: yeah absolutely 100 i could see that too okay what do you what are your thoughts on the concept
1: of soulmates and do you believe in finding like the one hmm. okay so let me just tell you this is like a small side rant but i've i've been re i've never actually watched sex in the city And I was watching it, and I feel like I hate the storyline of that show. Like, okay, so basically, I feel like the show just hyper-focuses on women trying to find a man. And then every time in that show, when they find, like, a good guy, they're like, Oh my god, I'm so scared of getting married. But I'm, like, 35, and I'm not getting any younger. But, like, I'm gonna miss out on, like, sex with strangers. And I'm just like, I don't really... And they're like, but what if it's not my one true love? I don't know. I just, I find it very like self-defeating. It's like, it's frustrating. It's like, what are you going for? And so that I've been thinking about this, the question that you just asked, because I've been watching this show, because that's something that they talk about in the show. They're like, do you have one soulmate? Do you have one great love? Do you have two great loves? And I think like what happens is a lot of people make this misinterpretation that like your soulmate is also like your romantic partner. And they didn't do a good job, I think, because we weren't in like this shift uh, spiritually, but like in society at that time, but I think we're coming around to it that like you have many soulmates, but they are in different roles in your life. And it doesn't have to just be a husband or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever, or someone even that you're romantic with. It can also be like friends and stuff like that. So I think like society... And media created this whole premise of like your one true love. But when you really think about it, your spouse is your best friend. And that's like a great place to start, but they're not your only friend. So, like, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're like my one true love because, like, right, if you have a kid, you could totally credit and be like, well, that's my one true love. I literally carried the thing around for nine months and then gave birth to it. So, it, I guess it all depends on like how the individual defines it. But I think you probably, have many, and that they're not just romantic. No,
0: 100%. And I definitely agree with you. I do believe that we have multiple soulmates in different forms. Like, you know, a best friend can be a soulmate, your partner can be a soulmate. And in my opinion, spiritually, soulmate really represents people who you have spent many lifetimes with. So, you know, when you meet someone and instantly you just have this like comforting connection, and you feel like you knew each other before.
1: Mm -hmm. like
0: that's an indication like okay you're probably soulmates you probably spent many lifetimes together you probably have a soul contract they're meant to be in your life and I do believe in like many different kinds of contracts like the soulmate contract the karmic contract like for the karmic contract it's like somebody in your life who you don't see eye to eye with you have lots of challenges with you butt heads with all the time and you have to like overcome many obstacles together that's like a karmic connection where you're truly learning and growing so much together through healing your connection, essentially. And sometimes you don't end up healing the connection, which means it's probably going to happen again in your next lifetime until you really find the strength to work through that and heal. Again, that is just my belief, okay? I'm not saying (laughs) this is true, this is fact. This is just how I kind of view life and relationships. And so for soulmates, I really do find that it's like, yeah, if you have that person in your life who is, you just get each other, you just understand each other, you find comfort in one another, you can experience fun times together. And of course, there's still going to be challenges, because that's just relationships in general. But like, at the end of the day, it's not toxic, you know? So yeah, I do believe we have many
1: soulmates in each lifetime. I think it's easier to think about it that way too, like, especially as a female, because I feel like there's a lot of pressure by, like, a certain age to, like, be married and have kids and meet all these specific milestones. And it's like, but why? Yeah. It's so much pressure. Like, you're supposed to be, as a girl, you're supposed to be, like, obsessed with, like, your wedding day and getting married. And it's just, it's more pressure than anything. And then, like, I think that could be why maybe people feel pressure to get married really young. And then they get married too young, and they haven't done, like, spiritual internal like reflection and inner work and inner child healing and then their marriages don't work out because they start doing it after they get married or after they have kids and then they're like oh we're not compatible at all no yeah and I absolutely
0: that was actually going to tie into something that I was going to say was like what were your thoughts on marriage and the way that society impacts relationships in general and this can even go into the concept of social media and how social media plays an impact on relationships
1: I think there's like I could even see it back in the early 2000s again with like the show of sex in the city it was creating this whole concept that like marriage was a prison it was a jail and it was like this unwanted thing where like you were stuck with somebody that you couldn't fully be yourself around and i'm like that's not actually what marriage should be marriage should be someone you can be completely yourself around even if it's an embarrassing and they still love you anyway and you love them and you just have fun but i think like social media also creates unrealistic expectations of what people look like and like you know half those people even kim kardashian doesn't look in person the way she looks on social media because of editing and photoshop and whatever so you have to ask yourself like what are you going for are you going for superficial stuff like what people look like and how they make you feel about the way that you look or are you going actually had a conversation with my macro coach about this and about like struggling with insecurities about physical appearance and how We tend as a society to focus on complimenting people on physical attributes. And the best way to actually change your own thought patterns about it is to start complimenting people with intention on things that aren't physical beauty. So saying like, oh, like you really inspire me by doing like X, Y, and Z, or, you know, you're really smart because you figured this out or something like that. So being more intentional with what you're saying to people and then changing the way your own brain works. But like, I've literally had to filter out even like fitness accounts that I follow on Instagram because I found it to be too much for me because I would be looking at these people who are these ideal body shapes or physical attributes or monetary things that I aspire to for some reason. And it would just make me sadder or more depressed, or just like frustrated. So then I would continue to like be on my phone, wasting time looking at that stuff, instead of actually working on my own goals, if that makes sense.
0: No, yeah, it totally does. And that's the thing about social media is that it can be so easy to fall into that trap of comparing ourselves to these people. And even when it comes to relationships, you know, people on social media will put the best parts of their relationships out there, but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. There have been so many relationships, even that, you know, you see famous TikTokers who are like couple goals and they're showcasing this loving, sweet relationship, but then behind the scenes, it's so toxic. So you just never know with social media, what is truth and what is not. So you really have to, I think, take that with a grain of salt because I think that it's so easy to fall into that trap of comparison When in reality, we're not even seeing the truth of most situations on social media.
1: I also think social media creates this concept of relationships aren't successful unless there's like these crazy grand gestures, like crazy vacations and crazy amounts of flowers. And you know, like, oh, he bought me a diamond bracelet or, you know, and it's like, okay, all those things are great. But like, do you guys spend time together do you talk are you intimate like I don't know about you but literally my husband like he didn't plan like this huge proposal that was like you know, some kind of amazing thing that we needed to capture on video to like show everybody. We just had like our own very sweet moment. And then obviously we got married and did that our own crazy way too. But it's like, sometimes I feel like it's really stressful because I hear these stories of girls being like, oh, he's going to propose. And I told him like, it's got to be like X, Y, and Z. And then it's like, it's not even special because you don't know, you know what Basically, when it's going to happen, you know where it's going to happen. You've like picked out your outfit. You've got your nails done. Like it's set up. It's basically reality TV now. <laughs> it's scripted. And it's like, it doesn't take, I feel like it takes away from what the moment is supposed to be, if that makes sense. No, totally. I can definitely no.
0: see that. I mean, yeah, with social media, I do feel like so many of us are wanting to show off in a sense, our life right? Like we want to share, like mostly social media should be for sharing, but it can be such a fine line between sharing and then really looking for external validation about your relationship from Mm -hmm. other people, right? So it's like if other people aren't telling me like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. That's so great. You guys love each other so much. Like you don't believe it. It's like you're looking for external validation through other people about your relationship. And that can even happen when people are venting constantly about their relationship to other people or they vent about their relationship oh, problems <laughs> online. Oh, that's even worse. I
1: I don't really do that, but...
0: Yeah, because again, it's that need for that external validation about either the problem or whatever is going on. It's like, can you validate my side of the problem? Can you validate why I'm feeling this way? Yeah, it's or...
1: seeking a validation. What's even scarier is if someone honestly deep down inside doesn't even know how they feel about being in that relationship mm-hmm. and they're seeking external validation to continue it in a more committed sense and then they do and then they realize later that it was like it was all fake yeah and and honestly that's how I that's how
0: I track my girls, right because Thank you so much, Facebook. But Facebook will bring back posts from when I was in like high school. Oh, God, they're so cringy. Oh, some of the statuses I used to put, I'm like, wow, was I seeking for validation?
1: I mean, you were also, we're also teenagers. So I like, know. Crazy. We didn't
0: know better. I mean, at that age, you really lack emotional awareness. And yeah, and most of us were struggling emotionally, mentally. And so I realized like back then, I definitely
1: needed a therapist. Well, the, the problem is you probably honestly just needed attention from your parents. That too. Yeah. A lot of us, you know, just the hot mess. Some, sort
0: of, some sort of attention from
1: somewhere. And if you're not getting it, you seek it elsewhere. Yeah. So I guess you, could, you learn. I guess that's true. You could think of it that way. And then that makes you feel bad for people who are always searching for external validation, whether it's relationships or personal, because you're like, what what are you missing? Like, What are your needs that aren't being met? and how how do you recognize how to like fulfill your own needs those are hard
0: exactly and so that's like another thing right like I try my best not to like judge people who live their life certain ways right because I feel like it's so easy to judge people for doing the things that they do just because I wouldn't personally do it we just never know where they are mentally in their life we never know what's going on behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and sometimes somebody really just they really do need somebody to talk to and they don't have any guidance in their life. And so, yeah,
1: it does, it does make me. (laughs) I have a hard question. I just thought of what, so, okay. So this will show how altruistic we are, which is tough because I have a hard time with these. So if, if we're talking like true, like don't judge others, how do you feel about married people? Like, especially guys who are married, who are on dating apps, who are seeing single women who say they're going to leave their wife, but they they never do, and they're still dating other women. Or married people who have children, who have an open marriage, who are actively dating outside of their marriage and having like sexual interactions with strangers, but also with their married partner. But they have kids that they're supposed to also keep track of.
0: Okay, so one, the first instance that you mentioned... That would bother me because that is showing like a lack of honesty, right? Because they're going behind their partner's back, trying to talk to other women and whatnot. So that, in my opinion, is disrespect. And I don't, you <laughs> I know, so much. like it's one thing for the second option where they're both open to that and they're being honest with each other and they both want that and they want an open marriage fine that's do you as long as the kids are also being taken care of like that's all that matters right do whatever you want in your sex life and whatever you want to do that's okay but if you're going behind your partner's back and you're not being honest with them
1: and you're lying I think one of the most disrespectful things anyone can do who's in a committed relationship of any kind boyfriend girlfriend fiance married is lie and have sex with other people and then go back to being in their relationship and having sex with that person who has no idea that they're having sex with a bunch of other people but
0: here's the thing too I do believe that like mistakes happen right Mm. So I also want to say, I take that with a grain of salt because I do believe mistakes can happen. And I do believe that some form of that is coming from a lack of, you know, self-worth, self-esteem, they need validation from somebody else, whatever it may be. They may struggle with people pleasing. they're afraid of conflict. So they're afraid to like tell their partner how they feel. And so that's why they look elsewhere for validation or whatever else, because they're afraid of like, speaking up in their relationship, does not make it okay? I mean, no, but I can understand, you know, where that person may be coming from as well.
1: Oh, like how they get to that,
0: that how they get to that point. Yeah. How they get to that point where they're you know, going against their partner, like behind their partner's back and whatnot. Like, I can understand how that can happen, but where where I think the problem lies is if you're continuously doing it with multiple people, and it's not just like a like a,
1: you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's like a multiple time thing. It's yeah, it's like continuous. People. You're just continuously yeah. doing it. Yeah, I think you need to get into therapy and ask yourself what you're missing.
0: Yeah, because I and and then on the flip side of that too, because I mean.
1: I mean, I'm not finished sex in the city, but I would say that Carrie needs to go on a counseling because she like wants to continue like perpetually date and sleep with like random people when yeah. she had a perfectly good fiance who wanted to like marry her. And it's like he's literally the best guy she knew. And it's like you obviously have some type of void you're trying to fill, as well as like fear of being in a relationship that's actually committed. And it's like You know, you have to ask yourself, you could even be in a relationship and not be cheating and still have to ask yourself, like, are you, like, unnecessarily lashing out at your partner? Are you, like, not connecting intimately? Like, and is it something that comes from, like, childhood trauma or, like, coping mechanisms, like avoidant attachment? My sister sent me a thing the other day about avoidant attachment, and I was like, holy shit, we're screwed. (sighs) It was, like, the four things that make people have avoidant attachment, and literally, like, three of the four I definitely had yeah yeah and
0: I think that draws me to this other question right where it's like you know that saying once a cheater always
1: a cheater oh yeah
0: I don't agree with that no because
1: I was a cheater and I only cheated exactly well actually yeah we don't have to talk about the details because it's it's fine but I only did it once yeah
0: and So I truly don't believe in that saying and some people hold that saying so close to their heart where they're like, no, once a cheater, always a cheater. But I feel like that doesn't give people room to grow. And I do believe that people can grow from their mistakes and they can literally strengthen their relationship too, if both partners are willing. But of course, that's something really hard to get over. But I do believe that if you're willing to have open, honest communication, dive deep into your healing journey and figure out what it was that made you not speak up and made you go behind your partner's back and do things like that i really do believe that you can find the root cause of that heal that and learn how to speak up for what you need you know because i do feel like a lot of the times cheating stems from a place of something is missing that you're not getting like there's a lack of
1: something that you oh, need yeah. there's there's definitely a big lack mindset
0: yeah and so you seek it elsewhere and so in a lot of the times i think that also stems from not being able to speak to your partner about what you need or your partner not willing to meet your needs or like but then also I don't want to blame the partner like I'm not also I don't want to blame the
1: partner it's it's a it's a tricky see yeah this is why I wanted to bring it up because it's it's so multifaceted. it's like yeah. it's like you really honestly you'd have to analyze like each individual circumstance and you really have to like look at all the puzzle pieces and formulate and and even then like we're just formulating our own opinions Uh based on like what we can see like possible things of like what occurred but it's um the point that we're making is that it's like a very complicated situation so in general that's why i think you were saying like try to live with a heart free of judgment because, yes, exactly. because everybody's
0: situation is going to be different and every circumstance is different and everything that usually happens in your life stems from some sort of past trauma yep. like a lot of the difficult situations that you have to navigate through your life a lot of the mistakes I mean, you make it all stems back to you
1: could even argue like people who attract people who are still married as dating partners like who continuously attract those types of people and then allow themselves to get into relationships with people who aren't physically and emotionally available is in and of itself some type of problem that like you need oh, to yeah. do your inner work for
0: and most likely stems from emotionally unavailable parents
1: yeah <laughs> so whew, that was that was a deep dive I had to All add it, right. to it there. Let's do- I was I was uh gonna let you do the next question because I I was I just sprung a random one in there. Okay, here's one.
0: Do you believe that parents should prioritize their own self care and well being in order to be effective
1: caregivers? Okay, so like I have sl- a slight problem with the way that the question is worded, right? Because the way the question is worded, it almost makes it sound like you were basically prioritizing your own self care over like basic care for your kids. I feel like that's like the way the question is worded is basically it's trying to imply that. So I think a lot of people would have a problem with that question in general. I think the more important, I guess the way I would phrase it is, do you think in order to be the most effective parent, you should maintain a self-care routine? And my answer to that is hundred percent. Like if you're not eating right, getting enough sleep, working out, Making time to do, like hang out with your own friends and making time for your marriage or your relationship, making time for your hobbies you're not going to be able to be fully present and give the time that you dedicate to actually parenting.
0: And not to mention, you're going to like snap on your kids probably Mm -hmm. if you're not meeting your own needs, because then you're going to get to your breaking point and you're taking on so much. And I see this all the time, even like when I was growing up or whatnot, like I could tell my mom was always working. She was always stressed out. She was always doing things she didn't have, you know, the time to truly, like you said, be present and so the littlest things could make her very annoyed or just, insane same with my dad. You know, it's just that energy. You can sense their energy is off. You can sense that they're not happy. You can sense that they're frustrated. And that comes across a type of way to the children when it's not really the children's fault necessarily, but the parent is so overworked, exhausted, and not prioritizing their needs. Because you can also lose yourself in parenting. You can- right. Oh, yes. Very pretty much
1: lose yourself in parenting. Yeah. And And you could prioritize your needs. Yeah. Yeah, your whole identity is like being this person's parent. And then what happens when they grow up and they go to college or they get a girlfriend and they move on. And like those are, I think, become the dysfunctional relationships where like the mothers hate the girlfriends or hate the fiance. And it's like they only hate them because that threatens their status quo of who they think they are. This goes along with that book that I sent you a quote from that was saying that basically, to be fully is to be all that is. Experiences come and go. If we identify with them, claim them as me or mine by judging or clinging, if we stick to any part of the ongoing flow, we don't see what we call me. It's constantly being born and dying and is a process of awareness and objective continue objective coming into being and passing away hundreds of times each minute which basically the way I interpreted that was like by attaching this judgment and this ownership of like me and I and who I am which you and I talked about the other day always is going to exist because your ego still exists even if you're aware of it but basically this is saying like you're never going to be able to let go and live like a a complete flow lifestyle because you're too fixated on like what has already happened instead of being present yeah 100% so I've seen it and then there's people I've seen um Like older people I've heard who are like, oh yeah, some of my husband's parents, friends or whatever, they were like, his parents were talking and they were like, yeah, like a couple of our friends are probably going to get divorced in the next few years. And we were like, oh yeah, why? And they were like, because when their kids were growing up, they, they just prioritized everything was about their kids and they didn't focus any time on their marriage. And now their kids are all grown up and out of the house and they still, now they, now they're strangers. Yeah,
0: because they don't have it's basically their entire relationship was built off of just taking care of the kids and they had nothing else to really stand on. And so that comes down to this other point where it's like, all right, so then who comes first? Like, what do you prioritize first, your children, your marriage or, you know, yourself or whatever? Or do you prioritize your children first or your marriage first? That was a question that I saw, like that caused a lot of controversy.
1: (laughs) It it and it rightfully so it should. And like I think the issue comes in like as humans, we want to place a hierarchy on things and keep it like keep it locked in that hierarchy, right? Like, okay, like I always have to prioritize myself. But when you and I talk about marriage, we talk about there are times where you fluctuate, like one partner's doing more physically, chore-wise, financially, emotionally, and it fluctuates. And so I think you have to think about those situations where like your kids come first or your spouse comes first or you come first and those are going to fluctuate they're not always going to be consistently on the same hierarchy and I think the ability to adapt to taking taking stock and being like okay all my needs are met my partner needs me my kids are okay and I prioritize my marriage right now yeah but I mean Multiple things can also pop up at the same time. So I think that's why like having therapy and therapists for honestly, like everyone in the family helps because it'll also help you guys learn how to communicate better. And then obviously like knowing the human design of kids was really powerful. When we were yeah. talking. Human
0: design and even like different astrology placements, like a child's moon sign and Venus sign, things like that to help like care for them in the way that they need to be cared for or like that they feel most loved. Because I do I do think that it's important that the marriage is in a good space because I do also feel like kids
1: can sense that. So many people have kids to fix their marriage. Oh, that too. are not yeah. gonna fix your marriage. It's gonna make it worse. Yeah,
0: no, that's another thing too. Definitely don't want to use your children as... A band-aid? Yeah, basically. To prevent your divorce? <laughs> that wouldn't be. That wouldn't be healthy. But... At the end of the day, I think it's just important to, you know, make sure that you're making time for everything that, you know, fills you up and your children should fill you up. You shouldn't make time to spend with them, but you should also make time to prioritize your marriage and you shouldn't lose yourself in a marriage. You shouldn't lose yourself in parenting. You shouldn't lose yourself in your job. These are all things that you can easily lose yourself
1: in. Mm, Yeah, it's like you can't Don't get too fixated on allowing one aspect of your life to completely define you. It's like, I'm a nurse and I like being a nurse. Sometimes I like people to know I'm a nurse, but it's not entirely who I am. I also love to organize things. I also love to cook. I also love to hike. I also love to go camping. I I love interior decorating now. I think that's become a new thing i really enjoy going to hobby lobby and being like oh that would look cute like this i love that and i like party. i like party planning that's always fun when i have I'm the energy. well yeah that's why i already started planning your baby shower multi the baby shower <laughs> for the baby that
0: is not here yet
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. i've been pregnant
0: guys i was gonna
1: yeah. say that reminds me of something so we were talking before about like the decadence of like grand gestures or even parties from online and I do though understand the concept of like for you for instance like I would love to throw you a very like lavish very beautiful well organized and really memorable baby shower because my love language I think for you is like gift giving but also i want you to feel like very honored because it's like been such a tough journey that when you finally get there i want you to realize that like everyone who's there is just as happy and just as excited about that journey because it's been so terrible as you are mm, i mean you're gonna make me cry yep and it hasn't happened yet
0: oh. <laughs> No, but it's so it really is so true. It really has been such a journey. And some days, it still feels like it's never gonna happen. And I try to like keep optimistic as, you know, people around me begin to give birth to their own children. Like just, it seems like it must be in the water right now because everybody is getting pregnant. And I'm just like, but you know, it will be I my turn one day. It's just what I got to tell myself one day. And you know what? I love that you're very, like, I feel like that's also sentimental. Like, I feel like you're a very sentimental yeah. person and you, you love to make people feel celebrated and yes appreciated. And I
1: appreciate that about you. I really do. Yeah. Because it's like, when you do something that's like a big milestone in your life, I feel like whoever it is should be like really well celebrated like it should be a big deal it should be a big party it should be like everyone super stoked and celebrating you because like you've worked so hard for this and then like the after is like you still have to work really hard to maintain it so the party is like a milestone in of of it being like you made it to this point you did a great job and like I feel like it's also a reminder for the people who come that like, there's still a lot of back end work that has to happen. And so don't forget, I'm going to need your help. Yeah. Yes. So true. Like my husband, he graduated from nursing school online, which was so lame because it was COVID time. So it was literally 2020 and his family did nothing. Like his parents only got him a cake. Because we were visiting for Christmas and I insisted on getting a cake and like celebrating something. And it was all my idea. And I thought it was really sad because like in my family, you know, even my mom, who I had a very large disconnect with, was like, let's have a graduation party. And she would like, that was like when she would get involved in my life. Was like when there was a party coming up or she could throw a party. But like even my dad, it was like a big deal. And so... When I saw how like nonchalant his family was, and I was like, he's the first kid to go to college. He figured out how to go on his own. He figured out how to get it paid on his own. And he's a nurse and we, we get, there, there's just nothing. It's not even like money. It's like just the concept That's of great. celebrating him. Yeah. yeah. And he did it during COVID and yeah. he did it living on his own. Yeah. And I'm like, there was nothing, there was no I was like, when you graduate from your nurse practitioner program, we're having a blowout party <laughs> because I'm not doing that again.
0: Yeah, like blame.
1: Yeah. And it like, in- need to be celebrated and, for your achievements. Yeah. And it's like I think a lot of people are like, oh no, like I don't want to or whatever. And they're being really modest. But like deep down inside, it does feel good when you work so hard for something and then you feel really celebrated about it. And he's not, I don't think he's the type of person to complain. But I think it would make him feel really happy to be actually
0: acknowledged. Especially with you having your Capricorn Venus, that's 100% a Capricorn Venus thing. And his Venus is in the 10th house, which 100% is the same. Like being celebrated and appreciated for your achievements and recognition for that. 100% is part of your love language, which Mm -hmm. makes total sense why you are prioritizing it so much and why it would mean so much to him as well. So I actually love that for you guys. So do you want to do the next question?
1: Yeah, I went on my side tangent. Hmm, here's a good one because I think we could rant on this for a hot minute. What are your thoughts on the relationship between pop culture and consumerism? Mm, mm-hmm. you throw social media into that one too because that's a slippery goddamn slope. All yeah, the fuck you have to have use, Amazon reels. Jesus.
0: Yeah, you have to use discernment. And in this point, in 2023, I think it is so obvious, and maybe it's just so obvious to me because I've worked in that like industry and marketing and all of that, but everything that you see online is pretty much tied into consumerism. Showcasing your favorite fitness programs, your favorite workout drinks, your favorite outfits, your favorite makeup, your favorite. um. They even do it on TV shows, product placement and it's not
1: even subtle anymore it's no you can notice it then you watch it. old shows and you're like bro that's product placement how did i not know that in the 90s yeah literally it's and
0: even like in the tv shows back in the day there's also a placement of marketing musicians did you notice that
1: oh like one like, tree
0: hill yeah exactly and all they were on like bands like yeah all the band. Out boy and yeah mm-hmm. so everything that you see probably has some sort of marketing involved, whether it's marketing a band, marketing a brand,
1: marketing. What if, you know, like, it kind of makes me want to throw up. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like full of it, you know? And I just want to like regurgitate it. I think that's why we need to unplug from our phones and TVs and computers and like go be in like nature because it literally gives you, a, it literally gives me a headache sometimes.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, right? Because so what it started off with, you know, you would have magazines and newspapers, marketing things through that. And then you got social media. So then it started doing social media. Now you have influencers and everybody gets so mad over
1: influencers. But in my opinion, I'm not that mad about it. You want to know I'm what I'm not I? That mad about it? You know what I'm not mad about? I'm not a about- mad mad about influencers whether it's food reviewers makeup reviewers clothes amazon whatever it is i'm not mad about it if they buy a product and they're honest about if it works well or not Mm -hmm. like there's this guy he's pretty famous you've probably seen him on tiktok i'm not on tiktok really but i've seen his stuff filter through facebook and instagram where he lives in vegas and he reviews food and he's gotten like super super popular but like He literally starts his video. He's like, if this food isn't good, I'm going to tell you it's not good. Period. Like, I'm also going to tell you if they recognize me and treat me differently or if I notice that they treat the customer in front of me and behind me the same as they did me because they realized I was a food influencer. He's like, and I'm going to tell you that. And I'm like, that is so refreshing because I have such a problem with Michaela, the makeup girl, because I feel like every, like, I feel like you're not being honest. That's my biggest problem with influencers, when they're not being honest. Not being honest, As annoying as Jeffree Star was, at least when he tried stuff. But then you have to ask yourself, like... also,
0: Jeffree Star has terrible morals. And, like, he's done things in the past that have been very
1: problematic. Well, I was also going to say, then you have to ask yourself, like, once you get into that community, are these people having personal vendettas where, like, they will review something and say it's bad because they have a personal vendetta like all the influencers who used to like say kylie's makeup was really great when everyone started being against her because
0: they did it to hailey bieber oh, too. jeffree
1: star it's- came up with like a
0: huge hate video against hailey bieber's um products he barely even tried it he like took it out and like threw it away instantly or whatever
1: yeah just it's, trying to- it's
0: just Yeah. When you're looking at influencers, you have to go into it with like a grain of salt and you have to not allow them to, I guess,
1: what is it? Like lose yourself in the influencing, I guess. I think it goes back to like the 1940s and 50s. And you have to ask yourself, like, am I being a smart consumer? Like in general, don't just take an influencer's word for if something is a good product. See what they say. Okay, you think that what they're saying is reputable, okay, then go online and look at actual views by regular people and see what they're saying. Mm-hmm. It's your is own reputable? research, so to speak. Yeah. And make sure that it's something you want to invest your money in. The other thing you have to ask yourself is, do you want to like, you know, there's a lot of things that we buy that like rich people already promote to us. and like, do you well, that's like another thing. celebrities? everybody gets mad over
0: influencers especially like small influencers whereas like celebrities who are rich and famous are Don't doing the exact same thing but they're they're loving it from them and it's like why not support the underdog who is a small business or a small influencer and on top of that too like to go back to that Michaela thing you were talking about because I know the huge controversy a couple months back was the whole mascara thing yeah no, and- Thing about
1: her wedding being more of an influence
0: or party than a wedding. So I heard that too, but then I also did a deep dive on that situation and heard that it was very much blown out of proportion and that a lot of people, like, she didn't have it sponsored or anything. And a lot of people were just speculating. But then again, you never know, right? Like, because you're not them. So you don't know what's true or not. So why are we like judging anyway? But again, that's just my perspective. But at the end of the day, with the whole Eyelash thing too. I also think I I tried the mascara. I actually like it. It is a good
1: mascara. mascara?
0: Yeah, it is a good mascara. Over the counter? That's an over the counter one, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I did like it. And the issue I think was that people thought she put like false lashes on it or whatever. Maybe she did. Who knows? But do you watch these same brands' their advertisements on TV? Because that shit is
1: edited to the max and they're wearing falsies, 100%. Oh, like, even, like... As much as I think Jen Garner has some really good like community like family moral values, she's still in Hollywood and like she had those Neutrogena commercials for so many years. No and way was she use out- those products. I don't believe that for a sure. Turns out, like Neutrogena is terrible for your skin in a lot of ways. Like the the apricot scrubs and stuff or whatever like rip your skin off your face and mm-hmm. can cause like scarring and damage. And actual dermatologists say don't use those. Oh, here. Here's a good one for you. This is why you have to be so careful with marketing
0: and advertisements, right? Because here's an interesting one. So not to get super, I don't like getting political or whatever, but this, I found this story very interesting to me. So I was talking to a friend and basically they knew somebody who was in like a COVID vaccine commercial and they were like advocating for the vaccine or whatnot. But in their real life, they were against it. So they were in this ad pushing for this COVID vaccine, but in re- real life, they weren't for the COVID vaccine. Mm,
1: that's a lot of dichotomy in someone's own brain and life. And they're going to have to sort that out. Cause I feel like I couldn't, I couldn't ever, that's a whole nother conversation we could have. Could you actually promote something you were against? No, that's for money, thing. for money. And no, I don't exactly.
0: And that's what you have to be careful with when it comes to watching media, watching online. Half the time, a
1: lot of things are for money. Oh my God. Even the whole concept of influencer, fitness influencers who are like, oh, I lost 20 pounds in 10 days. And it's literally like the before and after pictures are different clothes. You're like, all you did was put on a bigger pair of clothes so you look skinnier.
0: Yeah, it's it's very much... You can be so easily deceived through the media and through online, even in the way, like, that you think. We have shit being pushed to us all the time trying to influence the way that we think about certain things.
1: Oh, like the whole concept of, like, you have to hustle, you need to have enough money to buy a Maybach, you need to have passive income, You you have to do these specific things, like... I feel like the new thing that's, like, so much pressure for our generation that causes so many mental health problems is that, like, having an actual career is a bad thing. And you're not dictating your schedule at all by having a career, even though you chose that career and chose that job. And you should just somehow figure out how to live as cheap as possible so you can put all your money into passive income streams. But you don't know what they are or how to get into them. And everyone else is already... 10 years younger than you at a
0: multimillionaire. Yeah, no, 100%. It can be so overwhelming and all of the info out there a lot of people who make their money by selling this dream of, you know, do passive income, blah, 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 blah. Like passive income is a thing and I do have some sources of it and it's great. But to get to a point where some people are, a lot of it comes from them staring. <laughs> how other people like teaching other people how to do it and then they make money off of that
1: which can yes thank you thank you that's all over all of these people online are like I'm worth blah 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 millions of dollars let me show you how I did it and it's like yes but also it's like a thousand dollar course or you're like a lot of your money is also coming from you teaching other people how to do this so you're still working you're just like a coach teaching Mm. other people how to do what you did, but don't lie to us and say that most of your income from comes from passive because it's probably more like a 50 50 split. Mm -hmm. And half of it's coming from you teaching other people how to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, just be honest. Exactly.
0: Honesty goes such a long way. So again, just use discernment when you're listening to things online. And you know, and again, I truly feel like everybody in your life is an influencer to you in some way. Because we're all being influenced by each other daily.
1: Hmm. Yeah, you have to like. I had a conversation with. Was it a coworker or was it my macro coach or was it both? We were talking about. I think it was my macro coach. We were talking about like how people talk about themselves out loud, and I was talking about how like a coworker basically like out loud had said that she was like fat or chubby, and like she was going to keep eating snacks and cookies anyway because screw it. And I was like, honestly, that's like not the mentality outside like at work I can't really do much about that but like outside of work I don't necessarily want to like make a friendship with someone like that because I want to be like conscientious and make like better health decisions for myself
0: yeah it's so easy to be like influenced by their mindset of being so hard on themselves and then giving into that like that can easily influence the way that you
1: think as well mm -hmm. yeah so I was like that I don't think that that would be something like I like them they're a great person but I don't want to be influenced in that same way yeah
0: I forget what the quote is it's like surround yourself with if you're the best person or if you think you're the best person in the room you need Mm -hmm. to go to a different room or something like that
1: yeah I think it's like if you're the smartest person in the room
0: yeah then you need to find a different room because you want to be surrounded by people who will like help you be better or like people who motivate you inspire you uplift you make you feel like You know, you want to achieve great things, whatever it may be. All right, let's do one more question. What has been the craziest synchronicity or paranormal activity that you have experienced? What are some experiences you've had? Either synchronicity or
1: paranormal or both. It was the one that I told you about, which is like I had that experience where I was like taking care of someone who like had basically the same physical attributes as me who was basically the same age as me who had an older sister who was very similar to my sister they had the exact same relationship with their mom they had experienced the same childhood abuse and their their other like parent their dad or whatever like died the same year at the same age that my dad did and I was just like and then the family started calling me like the guardian angel and I was just like oh my god this is so weird like it freaked me out the more I talked to the family and there were all these same things that happened to me that was like happening to this family of the person I was taking care of and I was like holy crap like what the hell I'm like if one more thing is the exact same I'm gonna freak out like <laughs> too weird
0: 100 yeah that is so creepy honestly it was
1: immensely creepy
0: but it was basically like she was meant to like come across her path because I think it gave you reassurance that you were you know working towards like a fulfilling career and then she got that reassurance that like look at you you're so strong you've been through all of this and you overcame all of these challenges these struggles and you're you're still here and you're still thriving regardless of the setbacks and challenges and the
1: loss. It also made me thankful that as hard as like some of the things I've been through have been, that I have like very strong moral integrity, because I think if I didn't, it would have been me who overdosed on drugs and was in the hospital. And instead, I've chosen to just drink coffee and be in my pajamas all day.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's so interesting, like how we all choose to deal with struggles and challenges and it's hard sometimes because yeah it takes a toll on your mental health and before you know it you can really find yourself going down a dark path and that's why therapy has been so important my um synchronicity experience so I'm going to share a couple (laughs) because it's all like kind of tied up together
1: oh the other one was that time that you were talking about the number you were doing a pick a card reading and you were talking about the number twenty eight. And I was literally filling out my monthly calendar and I was filling out the number 28 while you started saying the number 28. I don't even <laughs> remember that. And I literally stopped everything and called you and was like, oh my God, oh my God, I don't know what the significance of 28 is, but it's got to be some type of universal sign. Because as you're starting to talk about it, I'm physically writing it on the
0: calendar and it's too weird that was crazy. Yeah, that was weird. And then two plus eight is 10. So that's completion. So like a completion of a life chapter was soon coming to you, which basically, I feel like it kind of did.
1: Okay, sorry, you tell yours. I just remembered that one. It was too exciting. I love it. No, I love it. Okay, it together.
0: <laughs> So I started really noticing synchronicities back when I was living at my old place. It was like just the worst environment. It was just not healthy for me. No, and I'm so glad
1: you, you got out of there. I
0: know. And I so badly wanted to get out of there. And my husband and I, we were looking for a house at the time and we had just put an offer in on the house. And I, this was when I first started getting into my spiritual journey. I started doing tarot, things like that. I wasn't doing tarot yet for myself, but I was watching pick a card readings by youtubers and I was watching this one and she basically was like you're about to be crying like happy tears of joy and you don't even realize it yet but it's gonna bring you so much fulfillment and happiness and like a new chapter of life is about to begin and as soon as that reading was done we got a phone call that our offer was accepted on the house and I was like okay like I'm gonna take that as a sign and before this all happened a lot of birds kept flying into our window and there's a couple different meanings that you can take by that but the one that I took was it represented change and then so then we move into the new home and I was still on the spiritual journey still not fully believing like the tarot card readings fully yet I was still kind of skeptical but they kept resonating so much that was so mind-blowing to me and I was watching another one And she was, and the reason why I fell onto this was because I was watching Netflix and all of a sudden it stopped working. And my husband was playing his video game, so I knew the internet wasn't down, but just like something happened with Netflix where it was not working. So I opened up my YouTube app and there was a pick a card reading that was recommended to me. Of course, makes sense because I watch pick a card readings, but I click onto it, start watching it, and she's like, You're probably seeing 666 a lot. And this is like a sign. And, you know, automatically my mind went, oh, my God, 666, like, that's terrible. That's the devil because, you know, grew up in a Christian Catholic family. So 666 represented the devil or whatever. So I was like, I have not been seeing that number. So I exited out of the reading, instantly opened up Twitter. And the first tweet was somebody literally just tweeting 666. Not sure why they did, but it was literally the first tweet. And I was like, what the fuck? That's (laughs) really weird. So then, um, in our new house, this was, we were about to get married. So a new chapter was beginning again, and I really just was constantly looking for like signs from the universe because I was going through a transformation in my career path. This was when I fell out of love with my marketing content and my boss bloggers group and what I was doing, and I didn't really find it as fulfilling anymore. And so I kept getting birds at this new house flying into my window Uh, There was one that flew into the upstairs window when Josh was in the spare bedroom. There was one that flew into the downstairs window. And mind you, this was when we first moved in. Ever since those incidents, hasn't happened since. Um, And that super creepy owl. Minus the owl that I saw the other day, yeah. And another time very close to those birds flying into the window was all of a sudden I hear this tapping on my door. And I'm like, what is that? And I look out on my front steps and there was this little bird tapping on my door with its beak. And I thought it was so bizarre because I've never seen a bird do that before. So it was very interesting to say the least. But these were just some synchronicities. And the last one that I think is worth mentioning. So my grandfather had passed away and he was like a huge part of my life. And he was like a dad to me growing up. And I remember when he was very, very sick. I also had a trip to go see my dad. And I was contemplating on if I should cancel it or not. And I was asking my mom, like, I was like, I was so stressed out. I was sad. So I was like, I don't want to like go on this trip if grandpa's dying. And like, I'm not going to see him again. But I knew, like, if I went on the trip, I would not see my grandpa again. And she was like, you know, like your grandfather wouldn't want to see you this way. You should just go on this trip. And I was like, okay, you know what? Fine, I'm going to go. But I've always felt somewhat guilty for that. And so we're in Disney World or whatever, because that's like where my dad liked to take us and stuff. And we're waiting in line and all of a sudden like I get a call that my grandfather passed and I just remember being so freaking upset about it and so sad and heartbroken. And we were just going to go on this one last ride before we went home and I didn't even feel right going on the ride but we were like in line already. And I'm like in line bawling my eyes out and everybody's like, are you okay? I'm like, no, you know, I'm just casually going on this ride as I find out my grandfather passed away. But I go in on, we get on the road, splash mountain. It was a sunny day and we go on the ride and some part of the ride is like inside. So then as soon as we finally get outside, we're at the top of the mountain, we're about to drop down or whatever and it's pouring out all of a sudden. I'm like, what the hell? So we go down and we're stuck in the pouring rain. I'm soaked. Blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, all right, I was all my feels. I was like, I just want to like give me a sign that like you're not mad at me and that everything's gonna be okay. And instantly, like right after that, there was a rainbow. And so I was like, okay, that is the sign that I needed for like closure and clarity. And then, you know, it was like about a year later after his passing, and I realized I hadn't talked to him for a while. So I was sitting in my car and I was like, oh, I just, you know, wanted to start talking to you again. I wanted to let you know like, that I miss you. I'm thinking of you. And as soon as I started talking to him, this radio station, it, it was like, yeah, hey, we have a new song for you that we're going to play right now. And it's called, I Wish Grandpa's Never Died. And I was like, damn, that's that's a sign as well. It's like, okay, you are listening to me. So those were my synchronistic little, little kind of crazy There's actually
1: like a whole book about it. One of our people we interviewed on the podcast, I forget her name, um, recommended it. It's called like Signs from the Universe. And I started listening to that book and it's so emotional, like hearing some people like their little kids dying and like media then them like contacting mediums and them realizing that like a lot of the synchronicities that they're like seeing with their other kids it's their other kid putting that into their life and it's Mm -hmm. like once once they like tell them like yeah that's still your other kid like coming through and they're like oh my god that makes so much sense it's wild honestly I always say like the universe is always
0: talking to us but are you open to listening because for a while I was closed off. I was not open to listening. I never noticed any signs. But as soon as you go on that spiritual journey and you become aware, you notice so many synchronicities and signs that it's actually creepy but brings so much comfort.
1: I mm, I wonder, like I always see three repeating number patterns like at work a lot. One, 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 three, 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 and five, five, five. So five, five, five
0: represents change coming. 111 is a new beginning. 333, three, three, I feel like that has to do with like when I think of three in numerology, I think of like creativity, I think of collaboration, communication. Those are some things that I think of. But I, I feel like too, it's like follow your creative pursuits, follow what makes you happier on the right path type of thing.
1: And it's so literally like I don't look for those numbers. I'll just be like charting and like look over and it will be like, on, on like the time on the patient room monitor and I'm just like hmm that's strange I just happen to stop and take a break now yeah yeah it's I just... love seeing
0: repeating numbers it's always a sign to me that like I'm on the right path
1: yeah to me it brings me comfort because it reminds me that like I think there's like this notion I don't know if it's like the way we grew up or whatever but I always have like this underlying fear I think that like everything's gonna fall apart for some reason or mm-hmm. like I always have like underlying anxiety that like and I'll lose it all everything's just gonna be stressful and terrible and and I'm worried mm-hmm. and those are like little reminders and it's like no everything's fine you're gonna be fine even though if the worst thing happened you're still gonna be fine you can still figure it out and I'm just like whew, okay yep yep
0: 100% so relatable I think It does have a lot to do with watching our own family struggle, uh, whether it be in relationships or financially or, you know, everything was good one day and the next day everything fell apart. It just, it makes that, it gives us that fear that that's going to happen again and that that's going to be us and that we're always needing to struggle in order to survive. And it's a lot of conditioning that we need to work through for sure. And it's hard, hard. Yep. but That was a great episode. I hope you guys found our perspectives interesting, eye-opening. I don't know. Post-vacation rambles. Yeah, exactly. We were kind of like, what should we talk about on this episode? And we're like, let's just dive into some thought-provoking questions, I guess. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, we love hearing from you guys. If you guys ever have suggestions for what you want to hear on the podcast, please let us know. It is so, so helpful because we are always up for new ideas and you know viewer uh listener interaction i should say
1: yep and i think you're coming here in like 50 something days so we'll do we're going to do like a lot of behind the scenes work hopefully so hopefully this next six months to a year we'll have a lot of developments